0: I'm Anne, and with co host Bill, who's sick today, and Mitch, who's in the Gold Coast, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling, food, and other addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. This week, I'm joined in the studio by uh, the wonderful Marcus. Marcus is in recovery from compulsive gambling. Welcome, Marcus.
1: Hi,
0: thanks. Thanks for coming into the studio today. No problem. Marcus has taken a little bit of time off work and come up from Cheltenham to join us. Yep. Um, tell take us right back to the beginning, um, Marcus. What, tell us about your childhood.
1: Um, yeah, so I um, <clears throat> I grew up in Frankston. Um, I uh, kind of grew up in a, I mean, fairly middle class family, um, single mum. I I guess I kind of had like. I a lot of toxic influences in my life when I was um a, a young lad and um, <laughs> I uh you know so but I you know I think um you know I was provided for yep. mostly um there was just a lot of fighting in my family um <clears throat> a lot of um alcohol use stuff like that
0: so um hey you didn't happen to go to Frankston High did you yeah. Oh, so did I. <laughs> we didn't know, didn't know that about you beforehand. Oh, wow. Well. we'll talk about that off air later. Yeah. Uh, okay, so was there um, alcohol abuse or drug abuse in your household? Is that what it was coming down to?
1: Yeah, yeah, sort of pretty much my whole um, childhood, there was that element. Um, and yeah, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And um, what effect would you say that ha- has had on
1: you? Um,. I think being around it a lot when I was a kid, um, I sort of, these were my role models. Yes. So, um, I think having that around me uh, as a kid, um, sort of really influenced my perception of what, what being adult, being an adult was about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I thought was normal. Yep. Um, yeah, so, um, I think it played a big part in, you know, mm. my perception of things. hmm
0: And um, what about gambling? Was there gambling in your childhood with the adults?
1: No, that, I mean, gambling was a part of my, fa- like, my family in more of a, like, the races and, like, the traditional stuff. Not Scratch, so
0: scratches and things. Yeah, yeah,
1: like, nothing really hardcore, um, especially in my immediate family, um, so, no, I, I never really was exposed to gambling as heavily as such at a young age. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: so, um, how were your teenage years there at Frankston High? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: well, I. Um, it, look, the start of um, high school was hard um, for me personally. I, I dealt with a lot of personal issues there as well, social, um, sort of. Teenage stuff.
0: Bullying and stuff? or Yeah, a bit yeah. of
1: that. Um, a bit of, you know, just issues with my own identity about, you know, growing up and, and where I fit in. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of struggled in and out of school a bit with that. Um, I never finished fully. I sort of dropped out U 10. Um, so...
0: Well, you don't, didn't drop out. You decided to uh, stop going at Year 10.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually go back to TAFE and finish Year 11. Though, yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah. I did, you know, some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, I'm interested in, um, you know, as a 12-year-old, you're saying you had issues with identity. What what were they?
1: Um, I think I'm uh, without, you know... um. Because I could talk for hours about it. Yeah, go on. Um, but to try and wrap it up into a box is um, I, I struggled. I, I first started having what I now know as mental health problems. And I didn't know what it was at the time, depression and anxiety. Um, and I think um, that was really something that I I just I didn't understand at all. Yeah. um I just I just felt like I just couldn't fit in and um I certainly didn't feel normal um but I just didn't know what to do with that.
0: You didn't know what that was and yeah and you thought everyone else was normal so called and that you were different I suppose.
1: I guess so yeah mm. you could say that back then I didn't think of it like that mm-hmm. and now when I look back I'm like yeah I was really struggling with those issues. Mhm
0: and did they persist all the way till to year 10?
1: Um yeah, yeah. yep yeah um it manifesting in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've learned to deal with it um, in other ways, but um, I, I think it's something that will always be with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can
0: relate to it. Uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Um, what about drugs and alcohol then? Does, is, was that something that you went to in, in your teenage years to try and help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I first started drinking, and like I was talking about, the... Um, alcohol in the family. Um, you know, I, I started drinking on my own when I was about 12 years old. Wow. Because and,
0: it was there in the house and you could get access to it?
1: Yeah. And I'd sneak it, and um, I. And that nicotine, um, straight out, um, was like, I could actually feel some relief. Um, and that went on for quite some time until my later teenage years or mid, around 16, I sort of get started getting into um, other sorts of drugs, so mm-hmm. more like illegal substances. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it started quite young. Mm-hmm.
0: And then did you end up um, – we're going to get onto your gambling, but did you end up having getting into trouble with the drugs and alcohol too? Um,
1: yeah, look, it, it caused a lot of issues um, with my home life. Um Certainly, with school and all that, I I I, did, I was on a different mental mm-hmm. planet. I, I just I wasn't focused on any of the normal life stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it certainly caused problems at home, um, in personal relationships, um, all that. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: All righty, um, take us right up to the first experience of gambling for you, then.
1: Yeah, um, so. Uh, first time I gambled was, I was about, oh, I think, I think it was like 18 or maybe just 19, but I'm pretty sure I did. Um, I, uh, I went with someone and to, uh, Pokey's venue and, um, I didn't really understand about it, but they said, you know, like, this is how you play, um, yada, yada, they even gave me some money to do it. And, um, These
0: are people your age or a bit older.
1: Um, my age, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And um, I had really had no interest in until I saw how it worked, and then uh, I saw you could actually win money on them. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god! Like, where has this been? Like, this is this amazing! Like, it's a free way to make money. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that was my thing. It was a delusion, but exactly
0: well, it was, it was. ignorance wasn't it? How would you know? How would well, you, you didn't know anything about I it? I mean,
1: like, you might have heard something about. Gambling is addictive, but I mean, like, I had no idea. I was 18. Yeah. It's just like, wow, this is great. Like, when I first tried the alcohol. Yeah. yeah. You know, same thing. So.
0: Did you love the gambling more? Did you fall in love with that easier than with the alcohol and the drugs?
1: Absolutely. Uh-huh. It was like an instant. It was almost like an instant relief of where has this been all my life? Wow. Rather than, um, you know, this is great and I just need more of it. It was like. This is what I've been missing out on.
0: This is it, a solution.
1: Very intense. It, first time I felt outside of my head properly, without really thinking about anything else, and I'd never known what that was really like, except when I was on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. So. Wow. But it's, I didn't have to put anything in my body.
0: Yes. So it felt. It felt like it was less uh, like it was dangerous. A free,
1: yeah. Like yeah. it was a free. And it's far from, but it, uh, yeah, it almost felt like, oh, well, there's no consequences. Yeah. You know, there's no hangover. There's no yeah. calling people up the next day, apologizing for what I'd done. That so what, did come, but yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right.
0: So what did you do the next morning?
1: Um, so I was pretty much back there, uh, tail wagging for the doors to open the next morning. I It was just, like I said, it was just an instant, like, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And it's going to work out for me um, straight back there. Mm-hmm.
0: And still still no sense that this could be dangerous?
1: Um, no, because mm-hmm. I was just following that that high, that like, I, I won't say following my heart because I guess it wasn't really my heart. But it felt like at the time, like, this is what I want to do. It mm-hmm. makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being an addict, I'm just so susceptible to following anything that mm-hmm. gives me that high.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so you're 19 how how long did you get out of that do you think before it started to not be so f- much fun
1: It was very quick actually for me Wow So I mean just apart from the the honeymoon period I guess you'd say um between actually starting and realizing that this is a real problem I'm probably talking only about 3 to 6 months Wow Because <clears throat> we'll get into it, but the, the financial problems, uh, the time, everything, it just kind of started taking that real quick.
0: And since you've been in um, Gamblers Anonymous, is that, is that quick? Is that normal for some people in, in GA?
1: Um, it, it just varies. Like, it, it can really depend. Like, I mean, you get people coming in that have been gambling for 50 years, people that come in that have been gambling for a year, I hadn't been gambling all that long when I first started going to meetings. Um, but, um, and we say, you know, it's kind of progressive and, and destructive. Um, but I I guess, um, yeah, I have met people um, that it does take hold of them really quick and it will happen when they're young and they'll just follow that. So I believe I was the same. I just sort of got into recovery a little bit earlier than some of these people who might have come later. mm yeah. It's probably
0: a blessing. Do you can count that as a blessing? Maya?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I'm so grateful for. And, and I I do hear it from people that come in a lot later and they say, damn, I wish I'd done that, mm. um, you know, at your age. I, and so I've seen it more and more now as a real gift to be able to have a life, you know, starting my 20s rather than um, forward on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, how did you find out about GA then?
1: Um, I was actually in a rehab, um, and at that time I was, I was in a rehab for, um, drug and alcohol addiction, but gambling was a very big part of my addiction at that point. To the point where I was, I was leaving the rehab during the day to go to venues, which was against the policy there, but I just... Loved
0: it. And you weren't going out to get a drink or to, to get drugs. You were just going out to gamble. Absolutely, yeah. well, Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: Oh here? Well, I, there's no tests. It's great anyway. <laughs> like, I don't need anything else. And, um, yeah, so I, um, I, uh, yeah, I was in a rehab and I saw um, a GA meeting thing on the wall and I, and, and I knew it was an issue at that point. And I said, you know, I want to go to this meeting. And um, I went with a few people. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I went. Um, that was probably when I was about 21, 22. So Mm. a few years after I'd started gambling. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll come back to that part of your story after a
2: little break. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch. 3Cr.org.au From every corner of the land, womankind are. Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs.
0: Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right
2: to have a say over our country is our law. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community
0: radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast.
3: standing next to me Take the picture It's from my lips I heard it say
0: That was uh, Mango Tree um, playing there. Angus and Julia Stone, and uh, we are back uh, talking to Marcus. This is the Living Free show on three CR eight five five kilohertz on your AM radio dial and three CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform, or just Google three CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact excuse me contact us via phone, email, or Twitter. I'm talking today with Marcus who has lived experience of gambling addiction and is now in recovery with the help of Gamblers Anonymous. So um, before the break, Marcus, was you were telling us that you were in rehab um, for drugs and alcohol and you were sneaking out or going out not to get drugs and alcohol but to gamble. Yep. Uh, so t- tell us that's part of the story now. How did that all end up?
1: Um, so, yeah, like I said, I was um, sneaking out to go to, to gambling venues. Um, I'd, um, and like, I knew it was a real problem then. And, um, I guess I was treating the, um, drugs and alcohol, but I wasn't really trying to treat the gambling or like didn't know how to. Um, a lot of the rehabs are kind of set up for drugs, alcohol addiction, um, and gambling is almost seen as like a secondary addiction um, or not as important, um, that was my experience, that was a few years ago, it might have changed, I think it's changed a little bit now, and places are doing more gambling-oriented programs in rehabs, but, um, back then it was pretty much like, try GA, try Gambler's Help, um, and, yeah, so I, I, I was just left to basically deal with that on my own, um, and, and I, did, I did try seeking help um, from various rehabs, um, Gambler's Help, um, and I couldn't really get... Besides really expensive private clinics, there wasn't much help other than, like, GA. So, so what do
0: they offer in Gambler's Help? I've often wondered about that.
1: Um, so Gambler's Help is obviously a government-run program, um i guess you could liken it to something like the quit line um as in that um they're very big on uh harm minimization is a term they use and um for an addict like me i found harm minimization to Uh, almost be, like, harm maximisation. For me, it wasn't something that... um, And I can't speak for other compulsive gamblers, but for me, it wasn't something that um, worked. It just didn't work. Um, You know, they suggest to me, instead of going to the pokies, go to um, the TAB and put a small bed on and... You know, I'd be in the car, on the phone to them, going, yeah, okay, that sounds great. I'm going to go try it right now. Of course. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you know, whatever what? you say. If I can keep gambling, even better. What,
0: what, that, it makes me a little bit annoyed to kind of hear that. What, what, what do you think the people are missing out, the professionals are missing out there? What are they not understanding?
1: Um, I think it's the lived experience. Probably is the biggest thing. I mean, what you get in these kind of places, rehabs too, is a lot of um, highly trained professionals that don't understand the lived experience and they don't really understand compulsive addictions beyond what they've learnt in textbooks, literature and maybe their uh, clinical experience as, as working... Um, but I don't think, and and places like um, Gamblers Help are, you know, I, I I'm not fully sure, but I, I'm I can assume it's kind of like, here's all the latest information on a data sheet about gambling, about gambling treatment, and it's kind of like regurgitated off this kind of information.
0: So like go and find, it, find something that works for you type thing if you want.
1: Yeah and I, I just don't think they really understand fully about compulsive addiction and just how destructive it is um, because I think if they did harm minimization wouldn't even be on the table and I think that might, might work for a very small percentage of people who aren't actually full blown addicts You know, um, that that can control themselves. Yep. But I can't. I I, yeah.
0: So in the government literature, do they at least mention GA? Is that one of the options that they they sort of?
1: No, I know from a fact that, and and I know for a fact that some clinicians or some gamblers help um, people may be aware of the program, and they. They've heard from other people that it works and they may suggest it. But as an actual guideline, I don't believe it is ac- it is included in their guidelines. And I'm not sure what that's about, um, but I can only assume it's... If we lose gamblers, we lose tax money.
0: <laughs> but it's the same across the board, Marcus. It's the same with... Um, uh when we talk to alcohol counsellors, they say, yeah, we sometimes we suggest the 12 steps and yeah. as if it's just a, a little thing you could try. And, and so it is, really is very interesting to me why that is.
1: Yeah. And I don't even bother with gamblers help and stuff. I, I don't recommend it purely because none of it ever worked for me. And um, because they didn't even talk about GA really, And that was the only thing that worked for me. Mm. I just felt like, well, they were kind of sidelining or shadowing something that was, for me, the real answer. Mm. So if they have no understanding of that and how well it works, um, then I just don't think they know much about compulsive addiction, uh, Mm. compulsive gambling. Mm. And like I said, these people are just... I'm pretty sure they're just reading off some sort of data sheets or something about generalised addictive behaviour, generalised gambling behaviour. It's probably medically guidelined. It's gone over by probably 20 lawyers. (laughs) You know, like, it's, that connection's just not there. Yeah. uh, They may as well just put you onto a website and tick boxes. Yeah, yeah. And then they can just tell you. On the screen, it's the same thing. Yeah,
0: and then they can feel that they're doing something.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't want to like go too much into the conspiracy theory about it, but um, it's like I don't know. It's just kind of like they just don't. They just have to do it, and and the government is kind of in line with these hotels associations, the casino ca- businesses, and. They have to offer these programs so they can offer gambling in the first place. So it's kind of like, okay, well, you can gamble, but if you can gamble, then you have to, uh, we have to provide these programs yep. um, to support people that may have an issue. Yeah. When they know full well it's the destructive. Need,
0: yeah, and then they need people in there with issues.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, anyone who, who, who goes. Uh, all day during the day has a problem and that's most of the people there Mm -hmm. you know so
0: um i was thinking what you're talking about earlier how in the rehab places gambling is seen as a sort of a third class addiction or something it's not the main one and i'm i'm thinking well it's not as you say it's not a substance Mm. and so if you're medically trained you're prone to look for uh you know the the chemical thing that you're putting into your body so you can't imagine that gambling could be uh, in the same um, league.
1: That's right. It's like, I think uh, the the kind of general understanding of it is it's, well, you're not putting a chemical in your body, so it should be quite easy to stop. Uh-huh. And that's about it. Yep. Um, what they don't, well, the, I think they do understand. I mean, there's a lot of information yeah, on this. Yeah, there is. And it, it wouldn't take much scratching to uncover all that information. There's a lot of studies done on gambling and the addictive nature of it and um, the way it works on your brain is, is just like any other drug so there is a chemical change exactly it's just not through it's through a stimuli like playing game. and it, and it actually i've done a little bit of research and i don't want to get too much about into the controversy about outside issues
0: no, get into it.
1: Um, yeah, but – and like in GA, we say we have no opinion on yeah. outside issues. So yeah. I don't want to align what I'm saying here yes, with – with
0: GA. This is not the opinion of GA. Yeah, this is not the opinion that's of right. GA.
1: And I just want to be clear on that. Well, that, exactly. Um, this, is, this is more my personal story and what I yeah. think. Yeah,
0: listen, we're going to get back to your personal story because that's a really important point that you're making there. And I just yeah. want to put that out to everyone. Uh, GA has got no opinion on outside issues, including the, polit- the politics and economics around gambling yes. venues – (laughs) Yes, that's right. Okay. Um,
1: Yeah, so I, um, yeah, like it just, um, yeah.
0: Yep, yep. Good, that's great. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for uh, changing the direction there for us, Marcus. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) take us to your first GA meeting. Uh, Tell us all about that. Um,
1: Okay, so my first GA meeting was, like I said, I was in the rehab and I got taken... Well, I went with a few other people I wanted to go. I wanted to see what it was like. Um, I remember going in there and I just think... Look, my first experiences with going to meetings was like... I just thought I had a financial problem. So I just thought, I'm crap with money. I don't know how to control money. And I just need to stop this so I can get my finances in order. That's That was my thinking about it. And um, I went to a meeting and I... I really identified with what I heard, and that first meeting I went to, which was actually in Dandenong, um, became a home group for a long time, Um, and I got to connect with the people and I went back, and they'd always welcome me with open arms, Um, and yeah, so I remember, it was very intimidating too, I, um, back then I was very self-conscious, so I just thought, they thought I was just some kid who had no idea about gambling, and you know, losing a house, losing a wife. Oh, they were the kids. real men, yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't realise it till later, but they were completely accepting me because they totally understood yes. what it's like. doesn't matter how old you are. But I was so in my own head at that point that I just felt like I didn't fit in, really, even though I knew that I was a compulsive gambler. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I kind of stuck that out and per- persisted. Mm. Yeah, uh,
0: and what what made you get through that? Why did you keep coming back?
1: Um, I I went to that meeting and I tried. I uh, I was just so new and I I didn't really know anything, and I I'd gone to that meeting and, I, and then I think I didn't go to another one for about three months, but I knew it was there. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd kept gambling in that time and I was like, you know, I really need to go back to those meetings. I need to dedicate myself. Um, and I think it just got really bad again. Um, it never really got better at that point cause I was so new. Um, so yeah, I think about after three months I'd actually gone back again and I'd gone and I wasn't in rehab that time. So I just, I went for myself and I just, going, you know, like, oh, I I think I I really do need this. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can't start, I I can't just go to one meeting and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. like that. So I think I went back going, yeah, okay, no, I really need to maybe try doing this properly rather than just going to a meeting and hoping it'll go away.
0: And just to backtrack a bit what would you say would, how bad did it get in terms of your finances and your relationship with other people and, and your relationship with yourself what was your what was your darkest moment
1: um, look i I can say it was the worst time of my life gambling um, i'd been through a lot uh, as a kid teenager um, uh, as i turn to the gambling, I'd, um, I, it just, it, I, or the best way I can describe it in a nutshell is it completely ruined my life and, um, I'd pretty much do anything to gamble. So if you can imagine the desperation of, let's say you needed it, like you needed air, you would do anything, right? That's how I felt. And I felt like I needed it more than air. Because if I was just breathing and not gambling, well, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. But if I was gambling, mm-hmm. I was happy. Um, so if you can imagine that kind of desperation, mm. you can kind of imagine the things I did. Mm-hmm. And um,
0: So you've done things you were ashamed of because of the gambling? Absolutely. Yep.
1: Yep. The things it did to my head, mm-hmm. the things it did to... Uh, yeah, so the external stuff, the financials, the... I, I, I'd completely... Um, I don't know how to say it with that <laughs> um, I'd completely screwed over. Um, very good friends. Yeah. Family. I missed so many events. I borrowed so much money from people that I could never pay back... That I couldn't pay back at the time. I've since reconciled all of that. Um, and I'd... Um, I was homeless, I was living out of my car, um, I was sleeping outside the den on basketball courts, in my car, with absolutely no petrol, so I had to turn the car off and turn it back on every hour just to keep warm. Like, mm-hmm. it was one of the, ju- it was just the darkest period in my life. Mm-hmm. Because it, it wasn't just like I had no money for somewhere to stay, it's like, I'd screwed over everyone Yay. who would even help me out. Yep. So it was like it just stripped me yep. completely bare and I was just holding on to the last few things I had, Yep, you mm-hmm. know.
0: Yep. All right, so let's get back to that meeting then. I, can under- I understand now I think why you wanted to ke- – you knew why you had to keep going back to those meetings even yeah. though you f- didn't feel that you belonged. Yeah. So can you tell us the story then – tell us your whole story then about how you came to belong yeah. and then how you came to start to work the program
1: yeah, um, I think coming to belong in the program was um, sort of like a a process of learning the hard way. So um, I was very in and out for the first few years. Like I said, I went to, went to that first meeting, I came back after three months, and then I think I stayed for like 30 days. And then I'd gotten 30 days up and you got to remember, like, I'm so new to recovery. It's just, I don't really get it. And I just, I didn't understand it was a long-term maintenance program. And what I'd done was, I'd, I'd done there for 30 days. I felt great. Things were starting to look up. People starting to trust me again more. And I would um, drop off. And then I would go back to gambling every time I did that. But as I went back, every time I went back, I sort of realized that, I'd learnt a little bit more, and I could go longer without gambling, and uh, we call it sometimes like peeling back layers of the onion, and I kind of had, every time I came back, I was just a little bit more bruised, I I, I was, and it's hard to describe, but like, the desperation gets worse, because you know there's a solution, Uh and if you're not doing that, it's kind of like, well, you're just out there, you know the solution, it's... It, we call it ruins your gambling, you know. No,
0: it, takes, it takes the enjoyment out of it.
1: Pretty much, because you know it's not your solution anymore. Yes. So I was very much stuck in, I call it purgatory. Yeah. Um, yep. And that by no means is a religious thing. I'm just saying.
0: No, it's the best word for, to yeah, describe it's what you experienced.
1: Uh, how I b- b- felt between. Yeah. Um, sort of, you know, freedom and insanity. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it just took that kind of back and forth to kind of go through the mincer enough to go, okay, I'm just done with this and I need freedom. Like, I need pure freedom now. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. If, if I don't do something crazy, um, like as if I don't take this really seriously, this is never going to stop. And mm-hmm. I realised that. Um, mm. So... Uh, yeah, just like I said, every time I went back, I just got a little bit better at staying abstinent yep. off the gambling. And um, now, you know, I, I have, a few, you know, some years up now. and um, But I never say never. I try not to get too um, cocky about my recovery, as in... The, the, you know, the worst things can happen to the best of us. Yep. And self-knowledge can only take you so far. Yep. Whereas I really need to focus on my program consistently to stay off... Gambling.
0: Yep. We're going to come back and hear how you do that. Yeah. Um, we'll just play another song by an- uh, Angus and Julia Stone, and this one is called "Wasted," which is—I don't know if that's an appropriate sort of title for this <laughs> living free show, but there it is. That's what we play. playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've got another. Three
4: What I'll do Every time you walk Into the room Oh, my head Is spinning round And I can't see clearly Right now I'm wasted know if I survive in this magical land behind your eyes and there's all these funny little
0: 3CR 855, get your slice of local film action every Thursday at 11am. For half an hour, get a dose of what's new.
2: And who's who in the art of film? Join Annie
0: and
1: Mohammed
2: for Showreel on Thursday, 11am, 3CR 855 on your AM dial. See you then. (laughs)
4: Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976?
2: Our application was successful because of our diverse
4: and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need
2: you to be active and paid up in 2023.
0: Become a 3CR subscriber today.
2: Call 03 9419 8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe.
0: This is a living free show on 3CR Digital Radio, and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. And we're talking with Marcus about recovery from compulsive gambling. Um, so you talked about it's a long-term maintenance program. Uh, how do you apply the Gamblers Anonymous program in your daily life?
1: Um, yeah. So um, yeah, like like you said, it's a long-term maintenance program. Um, for me. Um, I mean, like, we go through the 12 steps. We work on, um, sort of our, um, what we've done in the past, try and reconcile a lot of that, and, um, make amends for things we've done, um, work on our character defects. So, um, you know, I had to really get down to a lot of my behaviours and character defects, um, and, uh through that, you sort of then go on to sort of like a maintenance part of the steps, which is, um, continuing to, um, well, I say continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, probably admitted it. So, um, for me, that's like, um, it's, it's just about doing like the next right thing. So, um, you know, try not to make, you know, resentments in my life. Um, trying to, um, I guess, be open-minded, honest, um, is a really big part of it. Um, I I went from being very dishonest in myself and to other people, so, you know, I lied to myself, and um, I had to really go through um, a lot of, I guess I call it, like, rigorous honesty training in that I had to really look at, um, you know, where I'm being dishonest and I guess how not to do that. So for me, it wasn't like I could just be honest straight away. I had to work on it every day, and I still do have to work on it every day to be honest, to be open-minded. Um, and you know, there, there are spiritual um, principles within the program about high power and stuff. I won't get too much into that, um, it's not a religious thing, it's just about, I guess, finding a little bit of purpose that, um, was lost, um, or maybe never even had, um, when I was younger, mm. um, so, yeah, so kind of doing all that stuff, I have to go to regular meetings, um, every, um, every, at least once a week, um, more the better, honestly. Um, and I have to stay connected to people. Um, the moment I start trying to do everything on my own is when I start (laughs) failing. Um, you know, and um, it's just about keeping myself accountable to my recovery, to other people um, and just by living by the values. So we have like, um, you know spiritual principles in the program um, and there there's a lot of them you know like honesty kindness open mindedness willingness um, we've got to try and align ourselves with these things mm-hmm. um, because our gambling is almost the opposite of all that
0: yeah, yeah and um I was just thinking too, you know you talked about screwing people over and and really screwing yourself over too in the in mm-hmm. the process, um, and this is almost like undo unscrewing. Isn't it? It's almost yeah. like you, that's right. you're, not, you're doing the opposite of screwing people over.
1: It's and, like and trying yourself. to take a shattered egg and put it back <laughs> yes, together. That's right? right. Yeah, yeah. Um, or I also liken it to kind of um, being reborn in a way. Mm. So I had to just kind of start again as a new person yep. and learn my values from the ground up. Yep. Um, and... I I did have to reconcile with a lot of people. A lot of people I borrowed money off, there was a lot of apologies I've made over the years. And it's not like I just went into the steps and made all those amends in one day. Um, Over time, I've gone, okay, I owed this person money for a long time, I thought I shouldn't pay them back, and then one day I got woken up and gone, I believe the right thing to do is to pay them back. Touch
0: Let me. Unpack that a little bit. What, yep. Why do we sometimes tell each ourselves that maybe we don't have to do it with that person?
1: Well, I think it's a sense of entitlement yep. that I, I may have had, um, and those kind of thoughts. And this is why we we work on you know maintenance with the steps. Is you know does it align with those values? Is that you know is that being honest? Is that being open? minded Is that being kind? Whatever. And. Um, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I know I've got to pay them back. So I need to do that for yep. my recovery. Yep. You know, like it's good for them. But at the end of the day, if I don't, it's just hurting me. Yep. Um so I've had to and and you know, might come to me and I and I'll go, Oh geez, there was that person I did that to, and I'll go, I'll think about ways I can make it up. You know, so um, and I, like I said I've reconciled a lot of that sometimes things do come up sometimes I'm like you know what maybe my rec- how I um, amended that wasn't good enough maybe I can do this and then you know so, so there's that but I guess the big thing is is not making those thi- not doing those things again to to people so in my new life it's like I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna do that again you know I'm I'm honest now, um, and you know there's the thoughts. I like. I'll be candid. You know, like I did um, did all sorts of things. I stealing from people, and um, now the thought of stealing in mm. any way, shape, or form is just so um, foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I honestly wouldn't take a grape from the supermarket. You know. Yeah. Um, And sometimes people look at you weird, like, (laughs) why are you telling me that uh, uh, you underpaid five cents? Yeah. And um, (laughs) it's just, it's for me, it's like my mental thing. If if I don't let it start, it can't get out of hand. Mm -hmm. So I just try and keep that rigorous honesty in my life.
0: And Marcus is thumping the table here with his enthusiasm. <laughs> I've had to give
1: him <laughs> passionate. <laughs>
0: have you ever um, tried to give him? Has, has there ever been, ever been a problem that um, you have to make amends to someone, but they didn't know? They don't know that you stole from them.
1: Um, yes, and a lot of times I've because we we do make amends, but there is um, also a. Portion to that, that we make amends unless it hurts them or other people. So, um, I try and think, you know, like, well, if I tell them it's going to hurt them more and if they don't know and I can do something nice for them and them not knowing wouldn't be any different, then maybe that's the better option. So yep. yes, there has been. And, um, with people in my life, I've made amends in other ways and, um, that they don't really know that's the amends, uh-huh. but they've seen it as, well, wow, that's a really nice thing you've done. Yeah. So I try and do – I've tried to do things like that mm-hmm. to just kind of put it back out there and and even out my karma, you know. And yeah, yeah. Make it right.
0: Um, we, we've only got about a few more minutes, even yeah. though we could do this for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I we're only just yes, getting started. Still, I know. Um, I like when you talked about the higher power as a higher purpose, and you can almost call it a higher purpose if you don't want to have the idea of a higher power. Yep. Um Are you able to say what your higher purpose is, Is that, or is that too much of a big question of, without giving you warning? Um,
1: <laughs> it, that is a big question. I mean, some people talk about, like, a higher power is God and all that. Um, if you talk about a higher purpose, I guess... Um, like in the program, um, we're really taught to give back what we've been given. Um, so, I think at at the root of my recovery is about, and in this maintenance and step twelve is about, um, you know, um, carrying the message to the to the um, get you know the gambler who still suffers,
0: and that's what you are doing right now, isn't it? And
1: that's what I need to focus on. And, um, that's where I think a lot of this purpose with my recovery and everything, um, you know, I, I need to kind of act, take that action for my recovery to help other people, yep. you know, and, um, that, whether that's listening, talking to other gamblers, um, meeting people who are coming into meetings, staying in contact, sponsoring people, yep. um, sharing literature, um, doing stuff like this, um, is, is important, um, for me and for them. It's how it works.
0: So for the last minute, would you just uh, speak directly to that suffering gambler that might be listening? Um,
1: yeah, look, I think if you're listening and you're a struggling gambler, you've never been to meetings, you've never sought help. Um, it's, it's feels impossible. um, and I definitely felt like that. I felt like I couldn't get out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I just tried and, um, you know, I, 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 I... And I tried everything and you may have tried other things to stop and it may not have worked. And for me, you know, getting to meetings was when I really started to notice, you know, I could actually change um, and make a difference. So... Um, it is really hard and it, and it and the gambling just grabs you like nothing else and I know that feeling. It's like a bear hug you just can't get out of and it can envelop you. Um, but I just want to say I felt this way and I know another compulsive gambler feel the way that I just um, I felt like there was no way out and um, that's the kind of desperation I came to GA with and I just want to say that you don't have to feel like you're ever going to be like this way forever there is a way out so um and I wish I heard that and I didn't really hear that at the start and um if I went back I would tell myself that because I know how desperate that feeling is so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that
0: Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that Marcus and for everything you've talked about today it's been a pleasure
1: no worries thank you you too
0: um, so that is all we've got time for. I'm just going to put my glasses on here because I can't even read what I've written here. Um, it is all we've got time for. So um, I'd like to thank Marcus again for sharing his experience with us today. Thanks, Marcus.
1: No, you're welcome. Thank you. My pleasure.
0: And if there is anyone out here that heard that powerful message at the end, there is hope. Even if you're, if you're lapsing or any uh, the depth of despair over this, there is hope. If you would like to find out more about Gamblers Anonymous, then you can phone them in Victoria on 03.0. 9696 6108 or go online at gaaustralia.org.au for more information on recovery from compulsive gambling. There are meetings listed on the website at um, uh, the at gaaustralia.org.au, um, and have you got hybrid meetings uh, and and Zoom meetings? Was it all face to face?
1: There are some Zoom meetings. Uh, it was a lot more. Um more of a thing in in the COVID pandemic um but um I I believe there are a few zoom meetings and there's also if you do some googling there's um some online overseas yes there's quite a few as well I think it's gamblersinrecovery.org yes so um there are ways to find meetings sure if you can't get to a physical meeting
0: sure okay so do googling (laughs) <laughs> um, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking, Bill will be talking with Greg a member of Alcoholics Anonymous about the impact of alcoholism on his life and the benefits of recovery Coming up next we have Ballon The Spirit of Wah hosted by Uncle Jim Choco Edwards Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns Thanks for listening, stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR <laughs>